This podcast is part of the GWC Network. For more information on it or to check out some of our other awesome podcasts, visit us at galacticwatercooler.com. After the tone, enjoy the show. This is Modern Geek Podcast number 68, recorded December 19th, 2012. I'm Chuck. And I'm Juan. Welcome back to Modern Geek. Been a bit a while, but uh, <laughs> hey, just a couple weeks. <laughs> it, it happens. It happens. Yeah. And, and what, what a great time to have uh, more hardware problems, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's hardware. the holidays. You got time to fix it. It knows. Yeah. Yeah. It is the season to have hard drive failures, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. You know what? One thing that's not a failure. Um, I <laughs> stop laughing at my stupid segues. <laughs> I love your segues, man. Go ahead. Metro Twit on Windows. Okay, come on. It's called Metro. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of like this is like another name for Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> well, uh, it's actually a lot better than the name would imply. <laughs> now, now, Metro is obviously for the code name for the Windows 8 design. You right, know, that's their right, right, that's right. their layout or sure, whatever. Sure. Although they're not calling it Metro anymore, they're calling it like Windows 8 application or something like stupid like that. Yeah, because you know nobody could remember. I don't know Metro. Yeah, exactly. Metro. <laughs> wow, it's really good, and we've been using it as a code name for two years, and everybody knows what it is. So let's change the name. Um, <laughs> Anyway, they, they have two versions of this Twitter client. One that's like a Windows 8 app that you buy from the App Store. Uh-huh. And one that works on like XP, Vista, 7, and 8 uh, as a desktop application. Oh, right. Yeah, I see. Hands it. down, the best Twitter client I have ever used. Wow, nice. It has a kind of... You know how yeah the uh, Tweety app was where it was just kind of elegant and just worked. Yeah, sure. But it didn't quite have as many features as the powerful um, tweet deck. Right. This is kind of like a perfect blend of in the middle where it, um, you, you, you know, it, it has that kind of new kind of clean design that comes with the Windows 8 style app. Sure. And you can add different columns of, you know, like I can have my timeline and mentions and direct messages if I want or any combination of, of those right. across any of my combination of accounts. Um, the update is nice and fast. The scrolling is smooth, which is something I have not, I've never found trying to use a, uh, a Windows Twitter client, which I did have to start using a little while back when I kind of rearranged my desktop a little bit. It just made sense to have Twitter running on the PC instead of the Mac. Nice. And it just works really well. I, I don't really know how much how else to describe it other than to if you're currently using a, a Windows Twitter client and are frustrated, this is the solution, MetroTwit. The, uh, the one that'll, that gets rid of ads and... Uh, allows multiple account use, I think is around $20, but very reasonable, very reasonable. Like it, it, I was getting noticeably annoyed trying to use TweetDeck um, just because you scroll and it'll scroll anywhere between a quarter and 
a page and a half at a time. Oh, that sucks. But not do any smooth scrolling, so you have no idea how far it scrolled. So you lose all track of how far down your timeline you've gone, right? Yeah, I've never been a huge fan of TweetDeck. I know a lot of people are, and especially like, I mean, in, in some of my uh, classes, we use uh, we use a we use Twitter and we use hashtags. So if you want to keep track of the class, it can be very handy to have a pane that shows that class hashtag. But other than that, I I just I I've always hated the app. Well, yeah, TweetDeck is kind of built from the design of you're not actually using Twitter, you're analyzing Twitter. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and what's good about this app is that you can have as much or as little of that as you want. That's awesome. And that that's really what makes it good. Like I was using TweetDeck full screen on a, on a secondary monitor on the PC. And now I've got it kind of as a third of the screen on, on, the, on the side, you know, kind of how I would normally use a Twitter client uh, before I rearranged my desk right and it just it it stays out of the way you know it's got a nice little notification will pop up when something happens which you can turn on and off depending on what you want it to do nice the uh it supports all the built-in like image previews and uh image uh and link shortening and all that kind of stuff (laughs) nice it's just i don't know how to say it other than it's just the most elegant twitter client i've come across and especially with uh Mac development being all but abandoned for the official Twitter client, I was starting to get sick of that even before I rearranged my desk. So it, it's kind of nice to you really are you have somebody are you sure? care. Because I mean, I've okay. L- l- go go into your uh, go go into the App Store on the on a Mac and look at the Twitter client. Its last update was like August 2011. I think that's because Twitter hasn't been adding a lot of features, and it works doesn't work though what do you mean it like, doesn't i was work. always having timeout problems like it wouldn't update the feed properly and oh, you know it's fine for it, me it wouldn't do some of the kind of newer functionality like the the link previews and that kind of stuff uh now you're you want functionality beyond what it does which i get i want functionality that they're, they're, they're like already including on the website as a default but i don't want to have the website open all the time all right no, I mean I, I'm with you. I I'll have to admit, for the most part, I don't. Though I use Twitter a lot, yeah. um, I don't. I guess back when they uh, when they bought Twitterific, was it was it was it Twitterific? Who did it was they tweet that tw- turned into the Twitter app? Uh, I'm thinking on on iOS. Uh, on on the i Oh, on iOS, yeah, it yeah. was it was also Tweety that turned into. Uh, hmm, I could swear it was something else, but anyway, they, they bought Twitterific and TweetDeck as well, I believe. Though, but when they uh, when they started buying some of those apps, and they came out with their own, which was a modified version of one. At that point on, I realized that getting invested in a particular Twitter app was a mistake. Like right. like once I started to invest in one the chances are that the features that they had decided were important might no longer be important to twitter i mean any number of things could happen that would screw me over so i started just using the the native twitter apps and i haven't used anything else since and and i mean i i certainly can see a reason to use others especially if you want like uh pain functionality or if you want some some very specific functionality beyond what's in the standard uh, you know, app, but the standard app works for me fine. Like I, I, do, I don't think it's buggy in terms of of standard use. Well, uh, there's where the problem comes in because on Windows there is no standard app, which is fine. I'm talking about the Mac. Yeah, 
and uh you know i, I have to admit i it, it works smoothly i it's there are there's additional functionality in other apps which i get and i can totally see using but just from a standpoint of uh standard everyday use i mean i think the mac client's fine that's my take yeah i mean it, it's it's not the 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 problems i had were not i would say normal well not normal like it's, use it's case broken, ones. like you want something different which i get well i want something that fills in like basically the features uh that were not that were being added to the web client but never updated to the os10 client that kind of thing i mean the the last updated is june 1st 2011 i uh, just looked at it here so well, the ultimate goal though of twitter though is they they don't want you using the app because then they don't have a way of pumping the uh pumping the monetization to you with the, with the ads right so that that's really where it kind of falls through is that their their plan effectively is to phase out apps and just have you use the website or mobile apps right yeah I'm, i don't know it's, i'm not it, certain that that's I, the uh that's i i don't think i'd go that far man well like metro twit had a problem when they first released because it was so popular, but new Twitter clients can only only have 50,000 users before they're locked out. So when Metro Truck came out, it was ultra popular, and then suddenly nobody could access anything because they said the Twitter uh, API guys went, no, 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 sorry, that app is using too, has too many users on it. We're not going to let you use it anymore. And it took like a couple months before they went back and said, okay, yeah, well, enough people like this. You can use it, <laughs> right? So it's 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 kind of a weird fight and I would say though in where if if you're looking for the the windows effectively the the elegance of the Mac Twitter client on Windows this is the one you want to use. Yeah, I have to admit one one last thing on that. Totally agree by the way. Um I have to admit that I'm a little I don't know. I have trouble getting behind the, oh, those bastards, how dare they, the crap bags wanting to monetize their product, you know? <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not pulling an Instagram. <laughs> I'm sort of like, wait a minute, you know? I mean, they've, they pretty much haven't, they've provided this service for I don't know how long. They're, they're, I mean, at some point they got to make some money or it's just going to go away, you know? This, this everything is free and should be free and I use it and screw you. I don't know why you'd take it away from me. I, I, I just can't get behind it. I mean, I'll admit, I don't like it sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, well, crap, I like that for free. What the hell, you know? I don't want your damn ads. But but I have trouble just getting behind the whole concept. I'm yeah, like, at and, some and, point, And at the know? same time, I would pay, a, you know, I would pay like a last pass level of money per year to use Agreed. Twitter. I totally would, I mean, too. if I, if they wanted me to shoot 20 bucks a year to, to Twitter, I mean, I'd do that. You know, <laughs> hell, I'd even go as high as like, Five bucks a month or something. Oh, that would be really hard. For I me would do to, that. I'd do that. I mean, what the hell? I'd I use do the crap it because out of it. I, I use it too much. Like it, that would be the well, you've got me by the balls argument. <laughs> but I, I, I would probably, yeah, that would be the very high end though of what I would do. Um, yeah, I think so. I agree with that. Yeah. Well, okay. So speaking of free, I'll, I'll, I'll take a, a transition page. <laughs> Let me of, laugh at your segue now. <laughs> please, please do. Woo. Ha ha ha. So uh, obviously, as everyone already knows, Google Maps came out for iOS. And, and Fashionably late. <laughs> you, you know that it came out because you downloaded it 32 seconds after it, uh, after it, it the hit the store. It was the one app in the app store. Yeah, not- in, in like the first six hours. 
Not surprisingly, and uh, and I, I think we talked about this a little bit, didn't we? I mean, it's a significant improvement uh, over the old app. And by the over, way, still not in the maps category as of the time of this recording. Yeah, that's probably because they figure nobody needs any help finding it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, it's the number one search, so I don't think we have to put it in there. But I think, yeah, really, screw it. Just put it on the front page. But, you know what, though? Damn, this thing is nice. It is, isn't it? It's sweet. I mean, and and I, I think we mentioned this as well, but I think it's worth worth saying again, which is that, you know, this mix of, of uh, clean Google design and iOS functionality, OS functionality, is badass. This is how all phones yeah. should work. <laughs> Well, and especially for an app like this, because as soon as I, um, as soon as I heard that it was out, um, I was actually out uh, dumping a whole bunch of e-waste off at the. Uh, I called you at the local <laughs> return center. I'm like, guess what? And I, and in the parking lot there, yeah, I, I went and installed it. And the the reason that's design works so well for this app is because it's very minimalist and yeah. on a small screen. For a GPS device, that's exactly what you want. I haven't had this good of a response with a directional app since I had a standalone GPS. I have always been of the opinion that I've never seen a standalone GPS that didn't suck. (laughs) <laughs> like yes but i mean I, I i guess i don't mean in terms of finding where you're wanting to go and do it i mean like when you're actually on the go no i'm with and you it's like just show me what information i need agreed agreed i'm just always frustrated like the one in the honda sucks you know mm-hmm. t- the i i don't know i mean yeah i agree this is the best navigation app i have seen to date and it is it is awesome and there's a piece of news that makes me think that things might be getting a little better um, I don't know if you noticed, but not long after the release, there was uh, there there was some much smaller news about a Google Maps SDK that came out that lets iOS developers use Google Maps in apps directly and call them and open them and so on. Oh, I didn't see this. So essentially, they can code around the limitation of hard coding to Apple Maps whenever you open addresses and. You know, I think, honestly, this is the future because, you know, we we fought this on the desktop when it was like my browser, my OS, piss off, you know, and that was IE, right? And then we went through God knows how much legal wrangling before we finally became, you know, the OS became browser independent and Microsoft went back to, you know, developing operating systems and Google went on to develop operating systems. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But I'm not really, of course, you know. And, well, and ironically, we're swinging back that way with Windows 8. <laughs> right. You know, but but the funny thing is, I mean, we, we, we're right back to square one in in the uh, in the mobile world. You know, it's like, yeah, you can have Chrome as a browser, but we're going to hard code everything in the damn device to open Safari. So you're boned and you can't really use it the way you want to. And, you know, that sounds great right up to the point where you're like Chrome at this point is a far better browser and everybody freaking knows it. Everybody knows it. Everybody wants to use it. And maybe the best example of this is Apple Maps. Like everybody wants to bail. Everybody's using Google Maps. You know, let us specify the app for these standard, you know, for these standard data types. Right. Well, and it it also starts to... I, I 
it, it also kind of puts to to shame some of the limitations that have say been put on some of the older devices. Like I have turn by turn directions on my iPhone four. Yeah, and I don't. It does yeah. not drag. It w- I tr- I tried it even in the background. It was recalculating. Like while I had a different app open, um, I you know I drive right through an intersection that I wasn't supposed to. According to it, it would just auto recalculate yeah. oh, in know. the background. It, this is a really good piece of coding that really shows off that you know Google's got the right idea in terms of app design and you know they've really got the uh, the maps to 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 back something like this. You know the. I don't think the turn by turn was ever intended to be limited. I think it's sort of one of those things that just got caught in the fray when it comes down to they, uh, uh, I don't think it was a processor issue or anything else. I think it was just that, no, I don't think it was a marketing thing either. Cause I don't think most people use the damn turn by turn in Apple maps. <laughs> I think, the Apple maps I think what it was, was it was an iOS six. They, they see maps as integrated to the Iowa uh, integrated to iOS. They don't see it as an app. They see it as part of the operating system. And I think that that, that view has changed now, but before, before when, when it was released, I think it was an iOS six thing and the iOS 6 was kind of the limitation. But I clearly, this is the right answer. And I'm a big fan. I'm using the crap out of it. Um, now, Apple, come on. Pull your head out and let us specify the apps that we want to use. I mean, really. Yeah. You know, Take advantage of these great people making your device more valuable. Yeah, I mean, what would really be nice is a couple of uh, app default settings you know, for exactly. browsers. That's what I'm saying. So- be, that would be good. And, you know, some more integration with the lock screen, which is I, every time I look at that Nexus 4, I keep going, man, I could, I could get away with that. You could. <laughs> you absolutely could. Your contacts will be kind of well, interesting. And, and it's other stuff, too, that I used to think was really important, but now I really don't care. Like ever since I switched to um, my my own carrier, I haven't paid for the add on of visual voicemail. Mm-hmm. I don't miss it. I mean, I get so few voicemails that I get lots. I, I, I really don't care. I mean, it's just not a feature for me. So it's it's like one of those ones that would be would be the hey, you know, you have to keep with us because we offer this. So not really. I think the biggest thing would be before you. I think it's. I watched a a guy I work with make the move uh, a couple of weeks ago. Oh, really? And okay. yeah, do you and, know what he got? Yeah, he got a a, a Galaxy S three. Ooh, nice. Okay. And nice piece of gear, obviously. Yeah. And the trick was, I think the biggest shock for him was not the OS or the phone or anything else. He was fine with all that. I think it was moving out of the Apple integration domain and into the Google integration domain. (laughs) Yes. Now you have to connect everything through Gmail. Yeah. And that's the trick is like right now you have everything optimized, you know, carefully over a number of years through, uh, through, apple's utilities and you can certainly do this just as well if not better with google the trick is is it's different and i I think if you're thinking about doing it what would probably be the coolest thing to do would be just go ahead and try it yeah you know take a look and see where you're going to find those issues because he ran into a lot of them all of them were solvable uh but but it takes a little while to get it all optimized i'm not entirely sure that it's not a better kind of architecture in the end 
Mm-hmm. My, my, my biggest concern is to find a way to straddle the, uh, the um, different environments because I do still have an iPad 10 or you know, third gen or whatever, right? Yeah. But I do want to I, – I, I, that's why I've been looking at kind of you know, at the, the pieces that are seamless for me to move out of the Apple infrastructure and into like an independent setup. Mm-hmm. Those, are, those are ones that I'm working on doing right now. So that way it's not a problem. Oh, incidentally, uh, Google in its December cleanup announced that, oh, yeah, you know how you used to be able to use the uh, the exchange profile to yeah, right. set up all of your contacts and calendars and mail all through one setup on your various devices? Oh, yeah, by the way, we're getting rid of that because IMAP, CardDAV, and CalDAV are going are uh, provide the equivalent. So. I'm using that right now, so I'm, it'll be interesting to see how long that lasts before I have to reconfigure my iPhone. <laughs> not so bad, though. It's, I, it's I think they're right. I, the, I, those, other, those are more modern protocols anyway. Well, yeah. The, the only thing I would lose switching would be push uh, email, but that's not really important to me either. Um, it is interesting, though, to kind of – it made me start thinking that, you know, every time I, you know – take something for granted. I really got to go back and look at the infrastructure behind it and see it's like, well, even if I'm not going to, like my eternal search for a messages alternative, right? Right. But it's, it's like, even if I don't use it, if it was gone tomorrow, what like, would say, I do? I got yeah. a different device or it, the service disappeared. What would I use? Right. And it's, it's interesting to go back to that. It's, uh, yeah. I have a, I have a little app that I wanna I wanna mention. It only take a moment here. Okay. But, okay. Uh, I try. I haven't fully tried it out yet, but uh, this this app is called uh, Wake and Shake Alarm Clock. Wake not and kid- shake. Wake and shake. I'm not kidding. Is it shake and bake uh, branded or what, no? What no. We got? I, the, I I mean the core idea behind it is that uh, when it goes off, you have to shake the phone for like 20 seconds to make it stop. Right. <laughs> Which is which okay. is not a all bad right, idea right. if you think about it. I mean, because you all know, right. good 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 deal, it's right? Like one of those robotic alarms that like run under the bed when they go off. Right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, and you don't have to beat the crap out of your phone or anything, and you don't have to violently shake it. You know, you you just have to kind of move it back and forth. That's your choice if you're that grumpy. In the morning. <laughs> right. You know, it's up to you. It's your phone. But uh, what what really attracted me was this is sad is the fact that it has the cutest little alarm clock on it, and the design is really pretty, right? And okay. uh, I discovered afterward that it has some really interesting features, which I'm not sure I haven't really tried out yet. But I, I had to tell you about it because, I mean, this is just really creative, okay? Uh, besides the cute little alarm clock and the really sweet-looking design and kind of an unusual interface and everything, uh, it's technically a social alarm clock. The idea uh, is – no, check it out. You, you can post to Facebook, Chuck Cage woke up at 5.08 a.m. <laughs> no, I mean, I guess you could. I don't know, but – but the big thing is that you can you can hook up with your friends and you can like compete for who got up on time the most. Oh, okay, I see what you mean. So, so there's like a leaderboard. <laughs> leaderboard of yeah, who can I mean, air masturbate their phone the biggest. <laughs> or more to the point, who who gets up when they're supposed to, right? Right, right, right. Which is, is there is there a, is there a snooze shake you can do for this thing or I don't know. I haven't got that far yet. <laughs> the uh the other thing and let me see if i can uh i can i can do this uh the other thing is i was looking at the alarm options and some of them are pretty common things like 
right? Which is just annoying. Yep. Um, but uh, sounds like the dogs uh, my landlord has upstairs. <laughs> exactly. But listen to this one. Hello. It's time to wake up. Yes. That's right, sleepy face. Wake up and shake the iPhone. Can you smell the pancakes? No. Well, wake up and go make some. And some coffee. And how about some French toast? You know I love French toast. That's right. Me, your iPhone. Feed me French toast. Hello. (laughs) Sleep, sleep, lost. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) That alone, I think, is enough to sell it. Wow. That that's interesting. Yes, feed me French toast. <laughs> so you can essentially have Gladys wake you up, and and again, if you go look at it, you can see the design uh, and the cute little I'm alarm have clock. To check that out. Yeah, seriously. I mean, it's a couple of bucks. Even I know it's bad. You know, in terms of different like ringtones and stuff, I, I recently set my uh, my my ringtone to this. Right, so, sure. Which is great, right? Yeah. Except for when people phone me, I don't want to answer the phone because I'm rocking out to the Red Dwarf theme. That is always a risk. <laughs> it's like, oh man, do I have to answer the phone? This is ridiculous. You know, the uh, I went and saw The Hobbit. Ah, yes. You were looking forward to that. Yes, and I was um, betting on... I I I'm I really am having trouble watching 3D movies just with having glasses and then yeah, sure. having to put glasses over top of it. Yeah, and I wasn't too um, keen on the 48 frames thing. Sure, um, that, that they're doing it's 48 frames in 3D, uh-huh. and they, apparently it makes it look like you're in you know the room that they're talking in or whatever, right? Sure, um, kind of the first movie to really do it at this double frame rate. So I'm like, okay. I'm, I want to see this with the same mindset that I saw the Lord of the Rings movies because I'm a big fan of the whole uh, Tolkien verse and everything, right? So I went and saw it at 2D, 24P, or 24 frames or whatever. And I got to say, it, it's, you, can, you can tell when they've set up a shot to be 3D. Because, like, say it's like a helicopter tracking shot. Right. There's, say, three depths of field. There's everything close to you. There's the stuff going on in the middle, and there's the stuff at the back. Right. Nothing is in focus, and everything is blurred. Huh. And they did shots like that in the, the, the Lord of the Rings trilogy that they didn't have this problem, so it's not like a camera problem. But what I figure is what's happened is that they've had to composite the 3D down to 2D, Right. And put in an artificial depth of field or whatever. Um, hmm. I'm still not too con- too familiar with the term. And then having the frame rate, the result is that you've just got enough jitter. Let's, it's like when you drop a normal video below its intended frame rate and in action you get that kind of smudge. Well, I was going to say, I actually, I don't. First of all, I don't think they're they're compositing anything. I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty certain they're not. He was shooting with two epic reds, right? And and they're on a, a mount next to each other, right. right? Okay. So my guess is they're using one of them for the uh you know, for they're so close to each other. I mean there's the difference is is small, right? Right. Uh so just enough to provide the you know, to provide three D. So 
my guess is they just use one of them. But I think I, I think I know. I'm guessing. Okay, but I'm I think what's probably happening is that you know there's always been kind of a limit to how fast you can track with a with a shot, right? Because at 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 24 frames a second, it's just kind of on the edge of of your your ability to connect the motion in your mind, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, so, so if you go beyond that, I mean, you can, if you, you learn to, how can I say, you can perceive the difference, for example, between 24 and 30, even if you are kind of, you, you'll hear people say one looks more, you know, 24 P looks more cinematic and they can actually see a slight change in the frame rate. But uh, there comes a point at which you get a severe motion blur that becomes kind of jarring to the audience. Yeah. And and they even they calculate this. I think if I remember correctly, most of the time they calculate it and and don't move the camera faster than that. So uh, or 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 pan or or you know otherwise shift the image. Now my guess is is that since they shot primarily for forty eight, right? They may oh, have exceeded the, that. And and well, gone are the old days where we couldn't go this fast. So let's let's let's, uh, do it, let's move you know? the camera faster. Step on the gas. No, I don't know that. I'm just kind of I'm guessing. You know, that could but, be it. I mean, it it wasn't. Yeah, it was it was any shots where it's kind of one of those um, pan around the action from two kilometers away kind of shots. Uh huh. So it so could it was be that. where there was motion. You know, yeah. I, I anything that was static uh, or or kind of just slow camera motion still looked really good. Like it, it's kind of it was very good. I mean, and other than a couple shots where you're like. Well, obviously they did this so that you could see the the river flowing past in the foreground on the 3D shot where it would have normally been like a shot reverse shot kind of setup. It 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 did hold up in terms of being a 2D movie. I've seen a lot of I've I've seen a lot of complaints uh, about the 48 frame version and about oh, really? how the motion looked plastic. And the funny thing is is that this was a common complaint when 120 hertz TVs came out. And they did in frame interpolation, like a lot of them, what, uh, what they would do is, you know, they would connect the frames together and, and it does smooth the image out. But what's funny is, is that we find that accurate and what we want aren't always the same thing, you know? Right. Like and, we, and th there's a different look to it, right? Like it, it, it's, what, I, I don't what know. I, what you hear people say is that it looks like, uh, it looks like. Uh, you know, uh, PlayStation or Xbox sports games. Right. You know, because you've got these these overly smooth motion that your eye just rejects because yeah. even though it, it's totally real and accurate and that's what real life looks like to you and it's closer to that, you're used to seeing it in 24 frames or 30 or, or, or 60 in some cases. But, you know... Well, you know what's interesting? I've I've actually even noticed this when I've uh, been recording my YouTube series. When I record, it locks down to thirty frames a second for because I set it to that for YouTube, right? Mm -hmm. So it decreases the frame rate of the video of the of Minecraft. Actually, you right. see the frame rate drop down, and then when I stop recording, everything seems a little too smooth. Yeah, and you know because it jumps back up to sixty or whatever is in sync, or a vertical sync with the monitor. You hear right? a lot of people talking too about, uh, oh, it's all wild world of sports. You know, the point is, is that a, a lot of seven twenty, uh, seven twenty sports shows are actually sixty frame. 
So you get that very smooth look for sports, which is great because you want to see. Well, that's good because, I mean, the, the more clarity and the less motion blur you get in a sports game, the, the more you can see what's going on. Sports game. What am I talking about? <laughs> but, yeah, I, I know what you mean. It would be interesting to hear. I'm going to go see it again, um, again in nice. 3D and then again in 3D 48 frames because there are those theaters available. So I will be reporting back on this as we uh, progress into the. <laughs> That's awesome. Into this 48-frame world. And uh, if anybody else is that's listening would like to give us their feedback on that specifically, please let me know, uh, Juan, at galacticwatercooler.com. I would really like to hear your feedback on that. 214-296-9229. You can call us as well. We'd love to play your call. Extension 703. Probably time to wrap up. Uh, anything you would like to add here? Um, well, the next episode we release won't be until after Christmas. For, so for those who do celebrate, uh, Merry Christmas, I would say. Indeed. Well said. We'll catch you next week. From everyone here at Modern Geek and GWC, thanks for listening. If you have something to add to the show, a news tip, feedback on anything we've discussed, or just some random awesomeness, we'd love to hear from you. Give us a call at 214-296-9229. That's 214-296-9229. And follow the instructions there to leave us a message for inclusion in a future podcast. You'll find other GWC podcasts, as well as the friendliest people in geekdom, on the GWC website and forum, galacticwatercooler.com. And don't forget, financial support from listeners like you keep all GWC podcasts on the net each week. To find out how to donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash donate.